Thank you so much for joining us online. We want Bethany to be a place where people can get connected to God, to each other, and to the world. If you would like someone to talk to or to pray for you, you can email us at prayer at bethanysite.com. We also greatly appreciate everyone that gives so generously at Bethany. If you'd like to give, you can do so by clicking Give in the top right menu on our homepage at bethanysite.com. Again, thank you for joining us online. We hope that this service will be a blessing to you. Happy Mother's Day, Bethany. So good to see you. You guys could say, Happy Mother's Day, Pastor George. <laughs> so good. To, and if you're joining us online, it's so good to have you come and uh, worship with us. Uh, we're just uh, so excited to have a special guest. We have uh, Amy Barnes, and you can give her a big hand. I always like when they applaud before I've ever said anything. I well, feel like that's a good place to start. You're kind of well known for a lot of uh, our, our women here because uh, you're a Bible teacher and you taught a Zoom class and you're Bible study fellowship teacher and you're, you know, well-known uh, comedian that's also uh, had a wonderful women's night. So it's just awesome to have you. Well, thanks for having me. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Yeah, happy yeah. Mother's Day. And then also it's really great uh, that you're also a mom so you can actually bring a mom's message. That's right. I am a mom. So the first question, the first question I wanted yeah. to give you um, uh, is tell us about yourself and your spiritual journey. All right. Um, so I am a comedian. That is my full-time, that's my, my night job, I guess I would say. That's my night job is doing comedy. And I get to do about 50, well, prior to COVID, I do about 50 events a year and travel about 100,000 miles to do them. And um, the, the story of the spiritual journey is the story of how I got to there from where I started. So many, many years ago, which will date me, I started doing comedy kind of as a hobby and um, caught a few lucky breaks and moved to LA. And when I started pursuing comedy as a job for myself, it was really a very selfish decision, I would say. And I spent a lot of years um, just pursuing that for me and what I wanted. It was my dream and I wasn't really um, consulting God on what he wanted for me and my life. And uh, so I, I walked that road for a while, and then as he does, you know, God was always there faithfully walking beside me, you know, coaxing me back to the place where he wanted me to be. And um, over the years, he's brought me to this place now where I do events primarily for women at churches um, that are designed to be outreach events. Um, so they're an event at a church where people can invite somebody who maybe has never walked through the doors of a church before, and uh, hopefully they get to experience something there, just some joy in that place or something they didn't expect to experience in a church, and um, that that makes them want to come back and hear more about God. And so it's really, I mean, it's, it's so exciting for me at this point in my life where I really just want to do what God wants me to do all the time to look back over the rest of my journey and see how all the way from the beginning he was working in my circumstances and in even my bad choices to weave together this um, person and these unique skills, let's call it that, that what I do, um, to be something that he could use, that he could use. And it was just about a year ago that I um, really felt like he was calling me to this role to, um, to be a Bible. I'm an STL with 
BSF, if you're a BSF or you know what that means. If you're not, it just means I teach the Bible. It's, um, I get to teach the Bible and train leaders, and which is such, I mean, if you knew like where I started doing comedy, you know, on Comedy Central, you would not have seen me 20 years later, you know, lecturing on Genesis to people. But that is the kind of thing that God does, the way he can change us to use us for his purposes. And that's what I get to do now. And so. you married a, a comedian? And, I married a comedian. And you yeah. have a, just a fun comedian, comedian, humorous family with kids and everything? We do. Our kids are funnier than us, I think. And hard, it's hard to make them laugh. You know, like they will straight face us. We will try out material on them and they will let us know if it is not up to their standards. So it's a good, it's good to have to like, you know, get that's, it past them at home. That's awesome. Yeah. So you have a message, you know, I asked you to share a message to moms. And uh, so we, we are excited about that. And uh, uh, we're going to have you just jump into scripture. Why don't you read the scripture? All right. So that, that's a hard task, like to bring a message to moms, because that's a large and diverse group of people that, don't always have a lot in common except the fact that just they're moms, right? Um, and so I, I, choose this, I chose this passage out of the book of Ephesians because um, it's a, the book of Ephesians is a letter to, that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. And um, that church, which we learned from the book of Acts, was a really diverse group of people, right? It was all, all these Christians that came from different ethnic backgrounds and they had different religious backgrounds. Uh, some of them gave up magic and sorcery, right, to come be a part of this church. And so Paul's writing this letter that applies to all of them because the one thing they have in common is they've all decided to follow Christ. And so I feel like it's a good place to go because as moms, you know, we might have kids that are different ages, you know, at home or not at home. We might work. I'm a working mom. You might stay at home. And sometimes we have to, we try to lump all the moms together and we don't have much in common except for that. So I picked these verses because I think there are some truths in them that we can apply to every mom. Let's see if I succeed at that. All right, so this is from Ephesians 3. I'm going to start in chapter four, in verse 14, which is um, Paul has stopped in what he's teaching the Ephesians to share with them a prayer that he um, prays for them. And we'll start in verse 14. I'll read it to you. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And, um, and so I'm going to just try and pull a, full, a few truths out of this passage that hopefully apply to all of you wherever you're at in your mom story or your mom journey. And the first one, the first one is that we all need God's power to do that job. Would you agree? Yes, they're nodding. That's a good sign. 
Uh, it starts out in verse 14, Paul says, for this reason. So we have to look back to see what reason it is that he's talking about, right? And he's just told them that he has been given this really important job. And Paul's job is to bring the message of the gospel to the Gentiles, which is everyone who wasn't a Jew, right? And it's a very difficult job. We know this because he's writing this letter from prison, and he's in prison for doing that job. And then he goes on to say, and I am the least of all the saints. He recognizes he is probably not the best man for this job. And I think right there, that makes this so relatable to all of us as moms, because we know how important the job is that God has given us to do. And we know how hard it is because we're exhausted, right? And nobody knows better than moms what our inadequacies are for that job. I literally make a living telling everyone the ways I have failed as a mother. That's my full-time job. And so we're right where Paul is here, right? We recognize that need. And so what does he do after he's acknowledged this need? He says, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. He's coming humbly, kneeling before God, right? But he's turned to the right source to um, give him what he needs. He's surrendering his will to God's. And It's in that place of weakness that God can then strengthen us with his power. And I think that those two things, you know, acknowledging our need and then surrendering to God are two very difficult things for us to do as moms. Because first, we, uh, in our role as moms, spend most of our time helping people who haven't asked for our help. We tell them to do things, to put on their coat, to go to the bathroom. We make their doctor's appointments. We make their lunch. We sign them up for teams. Nobody asks us to do that, right? We just know it needs to be done. And so I think sometimes as moms, we have a hard time saying, I need help, because we, we feel like we are the help, right? We, there's no other help coming. But this is our opportunity to say, God, I need you. But the second part of this, I think, is probably the more difficult part for me as a mom, surrendering to God. Because I have plans for my kids. They're really good plans. I've invested a lot in those plans. Uh, And if God wants to come alongside me and help me out with those plans, I would welcome that. But if what he wants is to come in and make other plans, if he's got something else in mind for my kids— that's really hard, hard for me to stomach, right? So that's the place we need to be. We need to acknowledge our need, and then we need to kneel before God, surrender our plans to his, and it's in that place that he can then strengthen us with his power from the inside out. God's power. So um, you, you've shared with me that, that uh, you're kind of a helicopter mom. <laughs> so uh, can you kind of explain... Yeah, well, I don't like to use the term helicopter mom. I feel like that sounds really aggressive. I prefer um, hummingbird mom. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that a nicer way to say it? Like, they are just as effective at hovering nearby, right? But they're so pretty, and uh, people like them. They're adorable, right? So I am, a, I, am I would say, a hummingbird mom. I, I feel like almost every mom is now is that involved, but I... I really struggle as a mom to keep my mouth shut. That's where I need God's strength, right? Um, I, I'll give you an example. I picked my daughter up from school the other day, 
I was driving her home, and um, she is she's sharing with me some plans she has for the next few years, how she's going to schedule her classes all the way through her senior year. She's a freshman, right? And I'm listening, and I'm listening, and she says something to me that I did not think was a wise decision. And so I reacted very quickly to that and said, no, no, that is, that is not what's going to happen. And then my daughter, being my daughter, she came at me, like, really aggressively, <laughs> back at me, pretty upset that I had said that. And I knew right in that moment that I should just have kept my mouth shut, right? I just should have listened to her. Um, or, you know, I could have pointed her to God and said, hey, you know, can we pray about this decision, right? Or I could have even, like, praised her that she was being responsible and planning so far in advance for her life. But that's not what I did. I just immediately shut her down, and I knew right away what I had done. And I had to come back to her later in the day and apologize to her and just say, you know, I, I need you to forgive me because I needed to keep my mouth shut in that moment and just listen, listen to what you were thinking, and I didn't. And then I had to go to God, and I had to say, obviously, obviously, I need you I need you, and I need your strength to respond in the right ways to my kids. And that's it's almost a daily thing. It is a daily thing, right, to go back and just ask God, please come, please, please take over, please give me your power so that I can parent this child the way that you want me to parent them. So uh, this idea of God's power is like... Uh the most amazing thing when Christ works through us. And then this a second truth that you're going to bring, I think, uh, in some ways is even more difficult than, you know, relying on his power, and that's that uh, God's priority. Yeah, um, having God's priority for our kids. Uh, um, so we as moms, I think, are, uh, we've, I don't think it's any secret, we compare ourselves to one another. And I think social media has made that even worse, right? We look at other moms and what they're doing and we, we set up, um, you know, like some sort of standard for ourselves, And then that moves on to competing with one another, right? Um, in competition. I have this statement where I say, whose bow's bigger? And it, it came from, you know, the babies, they put the bows in the baby's hair, right? And over the years, the bows have just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger till now the bows are like bigger than the baby's head on the baby, right? And so when I have a friend and I feel like she's competing with someone else or comparing herself to another mom, I say, yeah, but whose bow's bigger? That's why it's my, like, my statement. And I, Jerry brought this to my, that's my husband, Jerry. Yesterday, there was a story in the news. There was a mom in Florida who was arrested because she hacked into the computer system of the school where her daughter goes and rigged the homecoming election so that her daughter could be homecoming queen. And she's facing 16 years in prison now for having, having done that. So her kid, because, because that's what we do. You know, we set our priorities based on what is happening around us in the world by saying, my kid needs to have what that kid has, or you know, I need to be a mom like that person is, instead of looking at what God's priorities are. And so I wanna to read to you this part, uh, verse 17 and 18, where it's very clear here what's God's priority for us and for our children is. It says, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Um, God's priority for us, for our kids, 
is love, right? It's to understand his love, to be rooted in it, to be established in it, to know and experience it. That is God's priority for us and for our kids. And it's not something that the world is going to teach our kids. You know, the world is teaching them a lot of other things to prioritize themselves and to prioritize success here. But I think through this, like, what would be different for me and for my children if we really could grasp um, the size of this? It's almost like Paul in this passage is just really um, looking for words. Like, he's trying so hard to explain to them how big God's love is. And if my kids understood how wide the love of God was, you know, in this world we're living in, there is nothing that is the same for everyone, right? But God's love is so wide that it is exactly the same for every person, right? At any place, any background, it's exactly the same for everyone. And it's so long that it began before time, and it will continue on into all of eternity. And, you know, our kids are growing up in a culture where everything is broken, you know, relationships are broken and promises are broken. They don't understand from this world that something can continue on. It's only the power of God working in them that can teach them that there is something that can last for all eternity. And God's love is so high. You know, God has goals for our kids that are in heaven. You know, they're not here on earth. It's not just their happiness today, but it's something that will last forever. And his love is so deep. Imagine if our kids went out into the world to the rest of their life knowing that there's nothing they could do, that there's no sin, no regret, no shame, nothing that could take them so far away from God that he could not reach down and bring them back. And I, I have to admit that in my time raising my children, I don't know that I have spent enough time trying to communicate that to them, that I have prayed enough that they would really understand that they would know and experience that. And I do feel a little guilty for all the time we spent on math facts. <laughs> Comparatively, right? I mean, we did a lot of flashcards and times tables are important, but come on, you know? I mean, this is, this is important and this is God's priority, so it should also be our priority for ourselves, for our kids, that they would really understand that they would know the love of God. I just love that idea. I know one of the things that Elaine and I did with our kids is uh, we made an offer to them to go to Bible school in Europe, you know, uh, instead of going to college that they'd have that first year, you know, in a really good environment with other uh, kids and Christian kids, but then the allure of going to Europe (laughs) and being thousands of miles away from uh, mom and dad was Mm -hmm. just awesome to them. But it was really uh, hard, you know, to let them go and do that. Now, would you say that was the power of God at work in them, or was it the power of Paris pulling them? Well, you know, actually, what happened was George came up to me. My um, oldest son is named George, and uh, he's named after uh, a great man named George, which is is my dad. So, um, you know, there's three Georges. So, anyway, um, uh, he came up, he had run into some kids that had gone to um, uh, Cape and Ray, and, and so he was like 12 years old, and he said, Dad, I want to go to Cape and Ray. And then uh, when the Internet came out, he looked, you know, and looked at it as a castle, and he loves history. And so he was the one that first planted it. And then I remembered back when I was 18, my dad had offered that. And many times parents think, you know, they have this plan. They, like, their kids are going to go to college for four years, and then they're going to do this. And whenever I've said this to other people, they've said, no, 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 because the kids have to go to college, and they have to go to the experience. But... Uh, my experience with college was, you know, I crammed, 
you know, four years of college into eight, you know, and I probably should have gone to Europe, you know, and, yeah. and had that experience, you know, and one of the things it did for them that I didn't think was going to happen, I didn't know this could happen, but they became world Christians instead of just American Christians. Yeah, there's a difference. There's a difference. So keep going. I interrupted. Sorry about that. You didn't interrupt. Well, and I think one of the um, problems we have as moms when we read through a passage like this is that we see all the be verbs, right? We see be rooted, be established, be filled, right? And we make a to-do list and we start to pile it on top of the mountain of other things that we have already established we need to do for our kids. Um, and so I, I think it's really important that Paul brings this back in the end, back, back to God. So we, can we go to the next slide? So this is the last truth from this passage, that we have God's presence, right? That this is not something we're supposed to accomplish on our own. The Bible is not a self-help guide, right? It's not a do-it-yourself. It's a don't-do-it-yourself. Is that a thing? D-D-I-Y. I'm terrible with acronyms, but go ahead. Keep going. I'm bad at acronyms, too. I don't, and what, well, I don't even tell that story. Because I got to come back tomorrow and they might not let me. All right. No, so Paul brings it back around after this, right? And he says, remember that I'm not talking about you doing this, you adding, you making a Pinterest board and downloading free printables of spiritual priorities so you can add those to the things that you're already working on for your kids, right? But this is God. This is God who will do this for your children. He says in verse 20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. I think he, he almost um, predicts you know, that we would look at that this way and say, this is something I need, to, I need to figure out how to do in my own strength. But he brings it back around and he says, you're not able, but God is able. You are not enough. God is enough. We, um, we live in the north end of Tacoma. And in that part of town, people like to um, communicate with one another through yard signs. Does that happen here? Like they won't talk to you directly to your face, but they're going to let you know how they feel on a yard sign in front of their house. And there's one yard sign that's in several um, houses up by us that says, just says, you are enough. And I always want to knock on a door and just correct them. You know, that's not true. I am not enough. I am not, I'm barely enough for anything that I have to do in my entire day, right? I am not enough. One thing I always say, um, you know, when I'm talking about my kids is, listen, I am so confident in my parenting because if all I had to offer my kids was me, it would never be enough. I could never meet their needs. But thank God for Jesus because he is all they need. He's all they need. And that's the only reason we can succeed as moms in parenting our kids is because we have the gift of Jesus. We have the love of Christ. We have that to give to them. And it happens not because we put all our strength into it because we try sometimes as moms, right? Like we start out our day, like head first, we're going to make this happen. We're going we're gonna to be the greatest mom who ever lived today. And we're going to, you know, cut their sandwiches into little shapes and we're going we're gonna to write little notes in their lunchbox and that's going to change their life, right? Like we try and we try and we try. But, uh, but this lesson isn't about try harder, be better, right? The whole lesson here is a prayer. It's about God at work in us, God's power in us, not our own, not our own strength, 
but God and his presence with us to do this job for our kids. That's awesome. Uh, the one thing I wanted to address, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about this uh, before as we were prepping this, and um, I, I had a mom that was just you know, the most wonderful mom, and I, Mother's Day was awesome. I remember, like, in second grade, you know, painting a picture with crayons for her, and, you know, our whole life it was wonderful. And then Elaine, my wife, is, is just, just an awesome mom. It's just so wonderful. But my mom never really liked Mother's Day because she had a terrible mom. I mean, she had an abusive, terrible, terrible mom. And for many women, this isn't necessarily the happiest day. Uh, if they had a bad mom, or they've struggled in motherhood, or if they, you know, you know, they they wanted children and never had children, they were moms that never could um, have uh, babies. You know, so what what is the message here for those moms? Well, I said at the very beginning, right, that, that the goal here was to try to find a message for every mom, right, to find some truths that apply to every mom. And I think what I would say to anyone that struggles with this day is that this prayer, right, this prayer for God's power at work in you to help you understand, to grasp the love of Christ, right, as Paul says it, to know the unknowable, right, that that, uh, that prayer is for you. Whatever you've struggled with in your motherhood journey, you know, if you, if you struggle in your relationship with your own mom, if, if you're worried, if you have fear as a mom that maybe you're going to parent like your mom did and that, you know, that gives you anxiety because you don't want history to repeat itself, or maybe you have regrets, um, your kids are grown and you hold on to some of the things that you did when they were growing up. Or maybe they're young and you just don't feel like you're doing a really great job right now, right? This message is for you. This prayer is a prayer you can pray for yourself, right? You can pray that you would understand, that you would grasp the love of Christ because that is for you, right? And it's a prayer that God will answer. And just think about the ways that that could change your heart and your outlook, even on a day like today, to be able to look at the love of God in this way, you know, that it's not just for the moms who are like on Instagram crushing motherhood, right? Making us feel bad and you're at home in tears just trying to get to the end of the day, right? God's love is wide. It's the same for all those moms, right? And for those of you who think maybe it's too late, you know, like maybe, maybe I didn't do enough when they were younger or maybe I'm too far away at this point. Uh, Remember that God's love is long, you know, that it, that it is for all eternity. There's never a point where it stops being relevant or stops being available to you. And maybe you have a child that has walked away from faith and you are praying so fervently. I meet more moms who have that experience than probably anything else. Moms that are just like, knees worn out from praying for those kids, you can pray that they would understand this love that is so deep that there's no place they can go, that they would be out of the reach of God's love. So that is my prayer for you as you go into this week, that you would have power through God's spirit in your inner being from the inside out to really know and experience the love of God. 
I just really appreciate you coming and sharing with us and especially uh, the message uh, for moms. And uh, we want to pray for you. I want to pray for you and God's blessing on you. And and if you would join me, I want to pray for moms too. So if you would join me, we're going to stand. And Jesus, when uh, just before he was ascended to heaven, he lifted up his hands and he prayed for his disciples. So we're going to pray for Amy and, and also pray for all the moms in the room. And uh, so let me just pray for you right now. Father God, I just thank you so much for Amy and her ministry. Thank you uh, for uh, her sharing, her being vulnerable and sharing uh, some of the, the difficult things about being a mom, but also uh, the calling that you've called us. We thank you for your love, the, the height and the breadth and the length. And we just thank you for how deep your love is. And we just pray for all the moms, all the women in our congregation and all those that are watching uh, this live stream. And we just pray that you would bless Amy in her uh, professional life as a Christian comedian. And we also pray that you would bless her as a wife and a mother and also um, an advocate for children in the courts. We just thank you for her mission. In Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Let's give her a hand. Thank you.